Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom. We have a detailed lesson for the brothers and si- brothers and sisters worldwide. Um, today's lesson will be called spiritual development. Today, uh, the topic will be spiritual growth, brothers and sisters. We're going to talk about spiritual growth. How do we grow spiritually? Today, we're going to learn what spiritual growth is, how to pursue it, and a key posture um, that we can assume to help fuel our growth. So today, brothers and sisters, you will be able to learn some tools that will help you advance spiritually, uh, help you develop spiritually uh, quicker. Uh, Not that we want you to be in a rush, but sometimes people come into the truth and they become stagnant and they just uh, they're happy with just knowing they're Israel. And, you know, with this church, those of you who've been here for some time know that, you know, knowing that you're Israel is just the it's just the beginning. Like, you can't teach for two, three years about being an Israelite. So there actually have to be something else that have to be taught, brothers and sisters. So today we will uncover the attributes that indicate spiritual growth and or the desire to, you know, the desire that growth is occurring. You know, we all want to experience spiritual growth and success. Sadly, it's easier said than done, brothers and sisters. So why do some succeed spiritually? While others fail We're going to talk about it today brothers and sisters We're going to Amos chapter 8 In verse 11 in the Tanakh Old Testament brothers and sisters Amos 8 verse 11 Behold the days come Said the Lord God That I will send a famine in the land Not a famine of bread Nor a thirst for water But of hearing the word of the Lord Right so brothers and sisters Amos quotes the most high Foretelling a time A famine, a famine of hearing his word. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 11. Behold, the days come, said the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water. So the Most High says he would send a peculiar famine, not a typical famine of food or water, but a more destructive one, brothers and sisters. This particular famine strikes at the heart of specifically the children of Israel, causing the very fabric of society to unravel, brothers and sisters. We know that this is speaking indirectly to the children of Israel, but the children of Israel are the leaders of the earth. So if the children of Israel aren't hearing it, then it's a good chance that the rest of the world is not going to receive it, brothers and sisters. Notice, actually, read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 11. Behold, the days come, said the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but a hearing of the words of the Lord. Right. Notice, brothers and sisters, that it says it will be a, not a famine of the word, but a famine of hearing the word, brothers and sisters. So the Most High's word will still be available, but it will be rare that those words will be heard. The truth will still be obtainable. His inspired message will still be accessible, but it will be rare during these times that people will take heed to, you know, to the instruction that's given through the Bible, brothers and sisters. Now, hearing, you know, includes being focused, uh, careful attention. Uh, you know, it's not just listening to it. It's actually putting it into action, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you more about this famine. Uh, Proverbs 14 and 34 in the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 14, verse 34. Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Can you read that again, brother? Righteousness exalteth a nation, 
But sin is a reproach to any people. So this particular famine, brothers and sisters, will cause the Most High's words to not be heard. And the result, the end result of that is sin and disobedience. Um, you know, and it's a reproach not just to the children of Israel, but to all nations, brothers and sisters. Not listening to the Most High's word, um, not being fed spiritually, will hinder the growth of any nation, not just the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, Brother Corey? Verse 34. Righteousness exalted a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Right. So this is a spiritual famine, brothers and sisters. It's an unusual curse. It's not like a physical famine, which everyone recognizes as a tragedy. Most of those who are struck by this particular famine will probably not recognize, you know, that it's true calamity, brothers and sisters. That's the danger of this particular type of famine. It's not a famine of, uh, you know, of eating or, or drinking. Everybody's getting big. Everybody's getting fat. You know, everybody's eating. Everybody's drinking. So it's not that kind of famine. It's another famine, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Deuteronomy 28 and 29. The Torah. Deuteronomy 28, verse 29. And thou shalt grope at noondays, as the blind gropeth in darkness, and thou shalt not prosper in thy ways, and thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled evermore. Right. So, brothers and sisters, this is a tremendous curse because without having God's words as guidance, you know, without the light of the truth, the nation or any nation will be like a blind man stumbling around, not comprehending why he keeps falling, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 29. And thou shalt grope at noon days as the blind gropeth in darkness, and thou shalt not prosper in thy ways, and thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled evermore, and no man shall save thee. Right. So, brothers and sisters, this famine, you know, this famine of hearing the truth will seem like a relief to many because no voice is calling them into accountants or prompting them to think about eternity. So a lot of people not hearing the word they believe is good because they don't feel like they need to change, brothers and sisters. And that's the danger in this particular type of famine, brothers and sisters. And we, you know, we wanted to set the stage showing you that in these last days there would be a famine of hearing the word, brothers and sisters, because we need to know that in regards to our spiritual growth or our spiritual development. We're going to go to Isaiah 29 and 9. Isaiah 29 verse 9. Stay yourselves and wonder. Cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with strong wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. Right. So, brothers and sisters, even though this famine may give the impression that a burden has been lifted, the reality is, without divine instruction, a nation can only stagger towards eventual destruction, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time? Verse 9. Stay yourselves and wonder. Cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. Right. So, brothers and sisters, people may be vaguely aware that things are breaking down in their life, you know, or they may it may seem as if they're having more tragedies and nothing seems to work as it once did. But they will not make the connection between their hardships and their spiritual deafness. So they're, they're, they're unaware that the reason, you know, the, their life 
or you know what their perception of their life is falling apart, brothers and sisters. Um, can you read verse ten? Verse ten: For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep, and hath closed your eyes. The prophets and your rulers, the seers, have become right. So truth is a blessing, brothers and sisters. But the Most High have every right to withhold that blessing, just as He withholds rain when His people uh, in history He withheld rain when our people turned from Him. So at some point, the Most High just give you up and allow you to drown in your ignorance. Can you read uh, that one more time, brother? Verse ten. For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep, and hath closed your eyes. The prophets and your rulers, the seers, hath he covered. Right, so this is why there will be a famine of hearing the word of God, brothers and sisters. You notice that you can't really even, you know, you can't talk about it in school. You can't talk about it at work. You know, uh, you can't talk You can't talk about it anywhere. You know, religion is, or the Bible is something that really can't even be talked about anymore, brothers and sisters. Look at this. You can't even go to somebody and say, you know, you're not supposed to do this or homosexuality. You know, you you're going against yourself. You're lowering your own value. Nobody wants to hear it, brothers and sisters. Everybody is immediately offended when you come with truth, brothers and sisters, even when your your the intent of your heart is correct. We don't correct people or re- reprove them for the fact that we want to show them that they're wrong. No, a good, you know. A righteous man or a righteous woman correct because they want you to be right. They want you to be better. Not because they want to tell you that you're wrong or that uh, they're smarter than you. So people would reject it, brothers and sisters. And at that point, the Most High will allow them to reject it. He'll stop calling. The best uh, ability is availability. So no matter how smart you are or how deep you are or, you know, how many precepts you know, if you're not available for the Most High, you're... You're worthless to him because you're never available. You you got to do this and you got to do that. You got to go here. You got to go there. We must be available, brothers and sisters, because if you if you're not available, eventually he's going to stop calling your phone. We're going to go to Isaiah 55 and 6 to buffer that point, brothers and sisters. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 6. Isaiah 55 verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Read that again. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. While he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. See, so when people ignore the Most High's message one too many times, he promises to remove that message for a time. And Isaiah echoes that thought, brothers and sisters. So if you continue to reject it, at some point the Most High is going to stop calling you. He's going to stop sending people to you because you're going to reject it. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Right. So we needed to show you that the Bible says if you continuously ignore, he will give you up to a reprobate mind. What is a reprobate mind? According to scripture, a reprobate mind is one who believes that the transgressions or, or, you know, the sin that they're dealing with is right. For example, a homosexual will tell you. Uh, you know, after they've been transgressing the law for quite some time, then they'll tell you that they're born that way. So now their mind actually believes the most I have given them up to believe that now, brothers and sisters. That's what a reprobate mind is, where now you have turned the truth into a lie. You now believe, you know, that your transgression is good and the most high will give you up to that, brothers and sisters. The most high will give it up to you. You got drug dealers, you know, 
in the beginning, when you first transgress, of course, you feel that thing in your heart like, man, I should probably shouldn't do that. It's just like sneaking out of the house for the first time, right? The first time is really when you're scared. You're like, ah, now you get caught. But on the 10th time, you're not even thinking about that now. See, and that's the deceitfulness of the sin. Because it, in the beginning, you felt that something was wrong. But as you continually transgress, now you lose, you know, that thing that was that, that's inside of you saying you shouldn't do it, brothers and sisters. And that's where we're at. We're at that age. We're at that time, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. We're going to Daniel chapter 12, verse 8, to buffer the point of why the Most High would would allow brothers and sisters uh, to be ignorant if they choose. Daniel 12, verse 8. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? Right, so the prophet, brothers and sisters, Daniel records one of the reasons that the understanding of God's word would be withheld from most people today. Verse 9, And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed to the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. But the wise shall understand. Right. See, so because people want to continue in their wickedness, brothers and sisters, the Most High will withhold knowledge from people, brothers and sisters. So that's why we have to give ear. He who have an ear to hear must listen, brothers and sisters. And everybody don't have an ear to hear. That was one thing I struggled with when I came into the truth is that I wanted to share it with everybody. And it broke my heart when people rejected it. But I had to realize everybody's not you. Everybody's not willing to make the sacrifice and the change that you all are willing to make, brothers and sisters. Irregardless of whether it's truth, because the truth can't be denied. But it's just like as a child, when your parents told you not to do something, you knew it was wrong. And you still did it. And that's the same thing that's going on. They know that it's wrong. They just don't care. And I can respect that. I can respect somebody who is not warm, lukewarm, but is either cold or is hot. And just say, listen, I understand what it says, but I'm not dealing with it right now. Hey, we can respect that. What we don't respect is people who claim to be following the Bible and not following it and leading people down a path to destruction. We're going to go back to Amos chapter 8 and we're going to read verse 11. We wanted to set the stage with the famine, brothers and sisters. Amos 8 verse 11. Behold, the days come, said the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east they shall run to and fro, to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. And that day shall the fair virgins and young men faint for thirst. See, so the first victims of the famine, brothers and sisters, are the young. Further proof that virgins means a young woman. Read 13 one more time, brother. Verse 13. And that day shall the fair virgins and young men faint for thirst. So the young women and the young men will faint first, brothers and sisters. Why? Because they're more susceptible, right, to be deceived. Because their parents have, you know, the parents have failed to provide a biblical structure or a solid foundation of truth, brothers and sisters. So the young only know what the older generation have taught them. So the youth, brothers and sisters, will be the first affected. Because why? The Most High created 
you know, mankind, all men and women with a spiritual capacity uh, and our minds naturally crave um, something to excite us, to fill us, to give us answers. And if God's words are not sustaining the youth of the nation, something else will. Like what? Rap culture now have become a religion, brothers and sisters. It have now become a belief system, a way of life for some. The philosophy of materialism, uh, you know, is firmly entrenched in the mind of the youth, brothers and sisters. So the youth are being starved, brothers and sisters, spiritually. If they're not listening to the Most High, who are they listening to? They're listening to somebody. Let's go into it. We're going to Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and 8. Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiastes 1 verse 8 Excuse me, uh, verse 18 Verse 18 For in much wisdom is much grief And he that increaseth knowledge Increaseth sorrow See, and this is the reason why most people won't be receptive to the truth Because they know the truth brings change See, because now you have the knowledge of what's right and what's wrong So now there's a decision that have to be made And a lot of people, I spoke with a brother Um about maybe two or three weeks ago, he's a young brother, and I was talking to him about baptism, and he said, uh, well, I'm about to go to college, and I'm trying to fornicate. That's pretty much what he said, brothers and sisters. He's like, I'm, you know, I'm going to college. I'm looking, I want to fornicate. And I'm like, okay, so you know what you're doing is wrong. You're just not willing to give it up. So people understand that if they start to deal with the Bible, then there's going to have, there's going to be change. It's going to be uncomfortable. Why? Being uncomfortable will make you do something, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, Brother Corey? Verse 18. For in much wisdom is much grief. See? And he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. Wow. See? Because when we increase knowledge of who we are, of who the devil is, of who our people is, now we actually wake up to see what, you know, bad case we're really in. Before, you just blind, you know, go party, go here, you know. You don't even know what... You know, that the enemy's at the door looking to destroy you. So as you increase in knowledge, you increase in sorrow. Because then you get to see who's actually following the most high and who's not. And we grew up with a lot of our family members in the church thinking that they were the epitome of what was right. And they're not following it at all. So there's sorrow, brothers and sisters. And you got to be prepared for that. Understand, when you come to serve the most high... It's going to be challenging, brothers and sisters. And you have to be ready for that challenge. And most people are not. Can you read that one more time, brother? Ecclesiastes 1 and 18. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. See? So this is the reason why there's a famine, brothers and sisters. Because people know that it's going to shake up their life like a snow globe if they have to come into the truth, brothers and sisters. But what? That's okay. Everybody don't have to follow it because the Most High have entrusted a few with the truth, with the name, who are willing to strap up their boots and go to war. So some of us are ready for this. Some of us are ill-equipped to deal with it. But understand, with the truth comes sorrow. And that's the reason why people don't want to hear what you have to say. When you tell them, oh, well, you know, America is going to be destroyed. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. That's negative. I, they tell me that all the time. Usually the older generation I don't want to hear that doom and gloom stuff I'm like what you talking about the truth They don't want to hear it brothers and sisters They do not want to hear it because it's going to Convict their heart And you know when your heart is convicting you That's an internal battle 
All of us have dealt with it, brothers and sisters. It's an internal battle that most are ill-equipped to deal with. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 in the New Testament. Brothers and sisters, we must have a desire to grow. In order to be, uh, in order to develop spiritually, you must have the desire to grow. Because some people don't have that desire. Some people are just cool with knowing they're Israel. And they're not getting into the kingdom, brothers and sisters. You being Israel is not going to get you into the kingdom. A lot, you know, our, some of our people are the most vile, ignorant, smug, arrogant, disobedient people. And they're not getting in because they're black or because they're Hispanic or because they're native. That's not going to happen. Can you uh, read verse 2, brother? First Peter 2 and 2. As newborn babes the desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. See, to grow, you must grow spiritually, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Verse 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Some, brothers and sisters, seem to like being spiritual babies. They do not want to grow. Why? Because it's easy to be a baby. No responsibility. Others feed you, clothe you, change your diapers. See? So a lot of people are not looking to grow, brothers and sisters. In the church, in a church, you know, you don't have to teach, you know, rebuke or to do sin. It's a free ride. If, you, if you're spiritually a baby, then you don't need to do anything. You don't need to teach. You don't need to correct. You don't need to reprove. You don't need to do charity. You just sit back and let everybody do things for you. So you must have the desire to grow first, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, Brother Corey? First Peter 2 and 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere, sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Right. So what is this talking about? This is in reference to nourishment, brothers and sisters. You need spiritual nourishment in order to grow. We need spiritual food from the word of God, brothers and sisters. Good parents are concerned about proper nutrition. They want children to eat what's good, right? Not what's bad for them. We've touched, you know, we've, we're touched by pictures of, um, of children in foreign countries who are starving due to poverty, right? So this is the same thing. Spirits, there's a lot of people who are spiritually starving. And then you have the brothers and sisters like you all out there listening to this right now who are looking, who have a desire to grow and advance and develop spiritually. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Right. Most children want nourishment, brothers and sisters. Babies cry for food. Anybody who ever been around a baby, you no know, babies cry for food. So likewise, you know, spiritually, we cannot grow without feeding on God's word. So this is part of your spiritual development, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. We're going to Matthew 4 and 4, Christ. What did Christ have to say, brothers and sisters? Matthew 4, verse 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. See, so scriptures show the need for regular nourishment, brothers and sisters. To get nourishment, we must study the Bible, brothers and sisters. We must study the Bible, not just on the Sabbath. That's something that should become regular, brothers and sisters. If you can't make it every day, it, it needs to be maybe every other day. You know, I would suggest, you know, we all read something every day in order to spiritually advance us. Because why? Christ said, read it one more time, brother. But he answered and said, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. 
Right. So if an athlete wants to get strong, right, brothers and sisters, grow muscles and produce tone, he must have the right nourishment, the right food. And so must we if we are going to become strong spiritual revolutionists. We must be fed through the word, brothers and sisters. This is part of your spiritual development. A lot of times people don't want to read the Bible. You know, people don't want to hear the podcast and that's fine. But you can't expect to grow Unless you fight your flesh, pick up the book and read it, brothers and sisters. You have to. That's the only way to spiritually grow. A lot of people are not willing to do that. And that's why they're stagnant, brothers and sisters. There's, there's been no spiritual growth from year to year. So that, that first, brothers and sisters, is to get into the word. Because the word is actually food. You can live off the word. And the, wor- the world don't want you to know that. You can live off this word. When you're fasting, you're reading your Bible. It's like it's feeding you where you don't need to eat. Can you read that one more time? Verse four. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. See, so the Bible, the scriptures is actually spiritual food, brothers and sisters. When you read this and any brother who's ever done a fast can tell you, you know, uh, when I get hungry and I read the Bible, it takes my mind off it. I'm not even hungry anymore. That's because you're being fed a different way, brothers and sisters. And this is when Christ was being tempted in the wilderness by Satan. He was feeding himself through the word, through the scriptures, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Wisdom of Solomon in the Apographer, chapter 6, verse 25. Wisdom of Solomon 6, verse 25. Receive, therefore, instruction through my words, and it shall do you good. See, so the instruction, the nourishment comes through the word, brothers and sisters. It should go without saying that, you know, true believers should be engaged in studying the scriptures. All of us. If you're a true follower, then you should be studying the scriptures, brothers and sisters. That's that's just flat out. There's no other way. That you're going to be able to grow. Even if you do everything else, charity, philanthropy, if you could do all of that, but if you don't study the word, study the scripture, study the lessons, then it's going to, it's going to stunt your growth, brothers and sisters. A transformation can be recognized in people when their minds are sharpened by the Bible, brothers and sisters. Their perspectives are shaped by the Bible and their actions are directed by the Bible. When you start to notice that, understand you're experiencing spiritual growth. Because everything that you do, everything you think, all your decisions are are measured through the Bible, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one. We're going to read verse three through eight. Second Peter one verse three. According as his divine power hath given unto all. Unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. See, so the most high have called us. He called us. We didn't choose him, brothers and sisters. He chose you before the foundations of the earth, brothers and sisters. So what are we talking about? We're talking about spiritual growth. What is it? Can you read that again, brother Corey? Verse three, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue. Right. So the knowledge, the word, brothers and sisters, will cause us to grow. Verse four, 
whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you, and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Christ. Right. So, brothers and sisters, spiritual growth is detailed in this passage. Spiritual growth includes what? Increasing your knowledge and understanding of the Word of God, decreasing your frequency and severity of sin, increasing your practice of Christ-like qualities. All of these things are encompassed in this passage, brothers and sisters. And last but not least, increasing your faith and trust in the Most High. Can you uh, can you read? Let's jump back up, brother. We'll read it from the top again. Verse 3. According as his, as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us unto the glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. This is this is this is the details of spiritual growth right here, brothers and sisters. Verse, verse five. And besides this, giving all diligence add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Christ. Right. So learning how to grow spiritually, brothers and sisters, is a lifelong journey which occurs as you read and apply God's word to your life, brothers and sisters. It says you won't be barren or unfruitful. That means you'll have fruit. That means you'll be bringing people to Christ. You'll have works. That's what fruit is. And when you sow a seed, it have nothing to do with money. They'll teach you in a Christian church, sowing a seed means you're getting money. No, it's not. Sowing a seed have nothing to do with money. Sowing a seed is planting a seed of the word. That's what that's talking about, brothers and sisters. Doing some work, some philanthropy, some charity, some learning, some teaching. And all teaching is not done, you know, as you saying, go to this scripture and go to that. A lot of teaching is done by how you treat somebody, brothers and sisters. A lot of your teaching is done through what? Nonverbal behavior, brothers and sisters. Just by how you're acting because people are watching you. So that we must implement. Even before you catapult it to that position of where you're going to you know, sit down and tell this and that. It's how you act. It's how you treat people. Because why? No matter how much truth or how deep you think you are, if the attitude is incorrect, then people don't want it. They'll say... Well, if that's what the truth have you act like, I don't want that. So, brothers and sisters, we must practice these characteristics, these qualities in order for us to spiritually grow. We're going to go to 1 Timothy 4 and 7. We're talking about spiritual training, brothers and sisters. Spiritual training. 1 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to read 7 through 16. 1 Timothy 4 verse 7. But refuse profane and old wise fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. And do what? Exercise thyself 
rather unto godliness. See, so exercise, brothers and sisters. The same way you exercise when you want to get your muscles uh, ripped, uh, you know, big, you must exercise your spirit, brothers and sisters. When you train to be close to the most high, you learn from him. It changes every part of your life. It affects all areas of your life for the better. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 7. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise, exercise thyself rather unto godliness. So number one, it's a personal matter, brothers and sisters. The apostle says, train yourself or exercise yourself. So this is something you must take personal. Somebody else, no matter how righteous of a man or, or a woman it is, cannot cause you to grow spiritually, brothers and sisters. That's something where you have to do that on your own. That's something that you must, you know, you must make the decision the same way getting up and going to the gym is a decision that you must make. No matter how a trainer want to train you, if you don't make the decision that you're willing to change, then what, what are we talking about? Read that one more time, brother, please. First Timothy 4, verse 7. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Right, so now it's showing you that this is a profitable matter. So the exercise is profitable. Why? Because you're doing it to become godly. So this type of exercise is profitable, brothers and sisters, spiritually. Verse 8, for bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. Right, so brothers and sisters, in verse 8, we're told that this exercise has value for all things, that in every way. You know, it also tells us that the spiritual exercise is what? Special in two different ways, in the present life. And the life to come, brothers and sisters. So the same way you work out at the gym for your physical body, this particular exercise doesn't only help you out in your physical life, but in the life to come. Once you die and pass over to the other side, brothers and sisters. So this is profitable in all things. Uh, can, uh, read that one more time, brother, please. First, First Timothy 4, verse 8. For bodily exercise profited little... But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that is now that now is, and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all exception. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy, thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers, in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. This is part of your spiritual growth, brothers and sisters. This is part of your spiritual exercise, your push-ups for the spirit, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of belief. See, you must at all times be an example, a representation of Christ. Your behavior should be conducive or conductive to being a follower of Christ, brothers and sisters. Because if it's not, guess what's going to happen? Those people that you try to bring the truth to, they're going to point to that as the reason why they're not following it. Even though it have nothing to do with you, they're going to point to what you're doing as a reason not to listen to you, brothers and sisters. So it says we must be an example in the word and in conversation. So conversation. The conversations that you're having. Because people are listening to your conversations. Don't be talking about stuff that you wouldn't talk about in front of Christ. 
Not in a joking manner or anything, because men of God don't joke about certain things. Women of God don't joke about certain things. They don't talk about certain things, brothers and sisters. So conversation, we must learn to control our conversation. That's part of your spiritual growth, a part of your spiritual exercise. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 12, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity, till I come. Give attendance to reading, to to exhortation, and to doctrine. Read 13 again, brother. Verse 13. Till I come, give attendance to reading. Give attendance to reading, brothers and sisters. See? We must read, brothers and sisters. To exhortation and to doctrine. See? This is the spiritual exercise, brothers and sisters. You, as a follower of Christ, must exercise your soul carefully, regularly, and rigorously. Verse 14. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. 15. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Right, so it's a progressive matter, brothers and sisters. It takes patience, hard work, and discipline to achieve godliness, brothers and sisters. Now, this is in reference to the Greeks. So the Greeks... Uh, you know, they gave us gems and stuff like that because they, they love their sports. We At one time, we didn't play sports because we didn't need to. We didn't need to work out because we're just a physical specimen where you can just take us off the street and put us against somebody who works out all the time and it, 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 it profit them nothing because we're just physically gifted. So what he's saying is our objective must be to keep the soul fit and to develop, to develop it into godliness the same way the Greeks or the Grecians took it very serious about their exercising, brothers and sisters. Uh, can you read the next scripture, or the last scripture, brother? Verse 16. Take heed unto thyself, and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself, and them that hear thee. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 16. Verse 16. Take heed unto thyself, and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. See, so being an example, dealing with spiritual exercise will not only save you, but those who are looking to you or looking up to you in guidance of counsel. And you may not even know somebody's looking up to you or have a, a level or a level of respect or they're fond of you. You may not even know it, brothers and sisters, but we must always be a representation of Christ. Now, with that being said, it's very important to notice that the apostle does not despise or dismiss exercise, physical exercise or physical health. So I want to put it out there. He's not saying that you shouldn't work out, brothers and sisters. How do we know that? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. The apostles are, do not despise, you know, physical health and physical working out. We're going to prove it. Because somebody else who don't want to work out, they'll use that scripture to say, see, you shouldn't be working out. In fact, we had a brother tell us that. We had a brother tell us that working out was uh, was of the devil, pretty much. And that you shouldn't work out because you're dealing with vanity. And I'm like, brother, what scripture is that? What scripture is that, brother? Any scripture to go with that? See? So people will use scripture to, you know, promote the doctrine of their heart. So they'll twist the scripture to mean however they feel that day. Let's prove to you that the apostles don't despise physical training and physical health. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17. Uh, verse 19, brother, please. Verse 19. 
What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? See, so no follower of Christ should neglect his body, brothers and sisters, or her body. On the contrary, every Christian or follower of Christ should be wise living, sensible eating, and what? Taking the right amount of rest, fresh air, exercise, and maintaining a body that is fit and well. That's for all believers, brothers and sisters. I want to put it out there. The Bible does not promote you, you know, does not, is not against you working out, brothers and sisters. We need to make it clear. What the scripture is saying is the same way you work out in the gym. You must do the same thing for your spirit. Even though you can't see the same thing you're doing at the gym, you must do it in the spiritual realm, brothers and sisters. Can you read the next scripture? Verse 20. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. See, so you use your body to glorify the most high, brothers and sisters. So we should be in shape. We should be of good health. We should maintain good eating habits. We should get the proper amount of rest of fresh air. That's profitable, brothers and sisters, for the truth. You being doing those things can be used to bring people into the truth, brothers and sisters. As we have brothers in our church who, you know, who are pretty much nutritional, you know, fitness trainers. And they use that to, to teach the truth. So, you know, if you're going to do something, if you're going to use it, use it to build the kingdom, brothers and sisters, and not to build yourself. We're going to Second Peter 3 and 18. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Second Peter 3, verse 18. But grow in grace. Read that again. But grow in grace. So here it goes, brothers and sisters. We must grow. Growing spiritually. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. See, so the question, that leads to the question is, you know, how do we train ourselves? How do we train ourselves for godly living? How do we grow? Developing skills requires continual repetition, brothers and sisters, playing a song, throwing pitches, shooting baskets, right? Athletes run, lift weights, practice hour after hour. I heard today that Stephen Curry said he shoots 2,000 jump shots a day. See, that's how you become great. That's how you become great, brothers and sisters. Now take that and put, use the Bible with that, brothers and sisters. We're talking about the greatest shooter to ever shoot. It takes repetition, brothers and sisters. And this takes repetition, spiritually, brothers and sisters. Like children, athletes, you know, musicians. We must work again and again at applying biblical principles to become effective in the Most High's work, brothers and sisters. Repetition. We're going to Ephesians chapter 6 and 10. New Testament. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Right. So in order for you to build, you know, grow spiritually, uh, you must be strong in the most high. Verse, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God. Read that again. Put on the whole armor of God. Who puts on armor? Soldiers put on armor, brothers and sisters. You must be a soldier for the most high. That means you must exercise your spirit. Can you read that again? Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God 
that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spirits, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. See, so there's a spiritual battle uh, going on in the invisible, brothers and sisters. It's a fight for your soul. So physical exercise is good for the body, but this is a spiritual fight. So you must build your spirit, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother, from the top? Verse, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness and high places. Right. So, brothers and sisters, physical training, physical exercise has some value. That is for this life only. After all, the body is only a body. However much you exercise, brothers and sisters, the body is not the man. It is only the house in which the man lives. Spiritual exercise, however, profits and benefits the soul, the person who lives in the body, brothers and sisters. So we must prepare spiritually. We must prepare spiritually in order to spiritually grow, to, you know, to develop in order for the Most High to give us more responsibility. If you don't spiritually grow, the Most High can't give you any responsibility because you can't even you're not even responsible for growing. You're not even responsible for reading your word. So how can I how can the Most High give you responsibility when you you can't deal with your own responsibilities right now? So these are the steps that we must take, brothers and sisters, in order to advance in order to gain more responsibility from the Most High, in order for our uh, message uh, to be received from, from others. We're going to go to uh, 2 Timothy 3 and 16. We're talking about spiritual training, brothers and sisters. Spiritual training. Second Timothy 3 verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. See, so in order for spiritual growth to occur, brothers and sisters, we must be taught. We must be rebuked, corrected and trained by God's word. Then we will be, th then we will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is the essence of spiritual growth, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Right. So using the Bible to train ourselves, you know, and others to be God focused, close to people and to live with purpose. Become the person that God created you to be loving and inspiring. Verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. See, so this is spiritual training, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson will help educate us on the exercises in which we are to engage in in order to produce and maintain spiritual fitness, brothers and sisters. We are to exercise ourselves privately and corporately. That is alone and in fellowship with others. Both are equally important, brothers and sisters. Now, you may be thinking, what do you mean exercise privately? What does that mean? We're going to show you. We're going to Matthew 6 and 6. This is exercising privately, according to Scripture. Matthew 6, verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, 
enter into, into thy closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. See, so the number one way we exercise ourselves privately is praying, brothers and sisters, by entering into a secret place of prayer. Look up and notice, you know, the emphasis is uh, is the emphasis is on being alone. Read that again, brother, please. Verse six. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. See, so this should be the first exercise, brothers and sisters, to be often alone in the presence of your heavenly father, communing with him. Right. Do you have a regular prayer time? This is the first exercise, brothers and sisters. Be by yourself. Be alone in the Most High's presence. A lot of our people don't want to be alone, especially a lot of our brothers. That's why we go from relationship to relationship, because we're scared of being alone with our own thoughts. And this is the beginning, brothers and sisters. You must pray to the Most High. You must have a time where you just pray. And praying sometimes just means listening. Just sitting in the room, you know. With your Bible, thinking on the Most High, not saying anything. Because a lot of times we're talking, but we're not listening. So he's trying to give you the answer, but you won't be quiet. <laughs> so take the time out to listen to your father, brothers and sisters. This is the number one exercise. This is how we exercise ourselves privately. Have a you know, secret prayer. Not out in front of other people like uh, um, uh, the, the Muslims. They need to get out with a prayer rug, you know, three times a day in front of the middle of the street. They just want to be seen, brothers and sisters. That's not of the Most High. The Most High said, read it one more time, brother. Verse 6. But thou in thy prayer enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. See, so the Most High, don't do it to be seen by men. Do it for your relationship with the Most High, and He will reward you openly. So you don't have to, you know, I remember going to, when I was celebrating holidays, right? And you would go to your family's house, and then you would have that one person who got this 12-minute prayer because he wanted to seem deep. And I'm like, mm -hmm. brother, I'm trying to eat right now, brother. You know what I mean? Well, this is not the time to show your deepness right now, okay, brother? Wrap it up, <laughs> okay? So, brothers and sisters, this is the number one way that we can grow. Um, privately. This is private exercise right here. Let's prove it. Isaiah 30 and 21. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. <clears throat> Isaiah 30, verse 21. And thine ears shall hear, hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand or when you turn to the left. See, so being alone with the Most High's words, we hear him speak to us. We receive his guidance, his wisdom, his comfort, his illumination, all we need for godly living. See, and that's why a lot of times the Most High separates you from your friends and from your family, especially in the beginning, because he's trying to talk to you and you got too much going on. There's too many opinions. Everybody's in your ear. So usually when you first come into the truth, or you start taking it serious, you start losing friends, you start losing family, you start losing everything. It's a reason. Because you can hear clearly when you're by yourself. Can you read that again, Brother Corey? Verse 21. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. 
when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. See, so when we're alone, we hear the most high clearly. There's no outside, uh, you know, interference, brothers and sisters. So don't be afraid to be alone with the most high and tell him how you feel and listen too, brothers and sisters. This is critical to spiritual growth. We should, you know, usually I personally think you should pray in the morning before you get your day started because your day will be better. You spend the day, some time talking to your creator before you walk out the house or, you know, before you get your day started. Your day will be better, brothers and sisters. That's a fact. That's a fact. So let's start that off. If you're in a, you know, you're married or you're in a relationship, try to pray together. Try that. Right. So we must implement prayer, brothers and sisters, the power of prayer. This is part of your spiritual growth. This is part of my spiritual growth. This is a part of our spiritual growth, brothers and sisters. Now, that leads us to what? How do we exercise our spirit corporately? How do we do that corporately, brothers and sisters? Hebrews 10 and 25. We've, we've gone into how to exercise privately, but now, how about corporately? Hebrews 10 verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more. As you see the day approaching. See, so brothers and sisters, wherever you're being nourished, do not forsake it. Now, you may be following us online and, you know, maybe there's not a gathering. We haven't set up a gathering in your area right now. So maybe you listen to the podcast. You know, we try to upload podcasts every Sabbath. So, you know, try to be a part of it as much as you can. If you can't be here in person, then, you know, do your due diligence to try to be with us in spirit online, brothers and sisters. Don't forsake your nourishment where you're being fed. So wherever you're being fed, you need to be involved in that, brothers and sisters. Many do not recognize the privilege and benefit of learning with those of like mind. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more... As you see the day approaching. Right. So, brothers and sisters, we must recognize the privilege and the benefit of being amongst brethren and sisters of like mind. Because why? At some time, the Internet is going to be shut down, brothers and sisters. They're going to shut the Internet down. You're going to have to have the market of beasts in order to use the Internet, brothers and sisters. So, you know, whatever you know at that point is going to be all you have. There will be no you probably may not be able to find us online and, and learn from us. So, you know, download these lessons and hold them and keep them because the Internet will be shut down, brothers and sisters. There will be no online Bibles and dictionaries. All that's over. Because why? There's too much free information sharing. Too many of our people is using the Internet to wake up, to wake other people up. I see people, you know, talking to people in other countries about who the Israelites are and what the Most High's name is. And that's not why they gave us the Internet. The Internet is a web. It's supposed to get you caught, brothers and sisters. But our people, of course, have started to use it, not in a malicious way that they intended, but in a way to build our nation, to build our people, to build spiritually. And that's going to be a problem, brothers and sisters. So at some point, they're going to shut it down because they're going to say, what? Terrorists. There's terrorists using the Internet and we need to shut it down. We, we got to shut it down now. Now you got to have the market of beast to use the Internet. This is going to happen, brothers and sisters. So while you have the opportunity to be amongst people of like mind, this is how you exercise corporately. Even if you can't be there in person, just listening 
is you doing something is better than you not listening at all, right? If you're not amongst the body where they're dealing with the doctrine of Christ, then try to stick with the videos and, and things of that sort, brothers and sisters, around those who you know you can trust and who have the uh, like mind. Read that one more time, brother. Hebrews 10 and 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more, as ye see the day approaching. Right. So, brothers and sisters, we must utilize the tools and the opportunities that we have while we have the opportunity. Because I've seen many, I won't say many people, but I've seen brothers or sisters who've moved away from the church or left the church for whatever reason, and I can see them spiritually declining. You can look at them and tell their whole attitude, everything's different because they didn't recognize the privilege that it was to be amongst you brothers, amongst you sisters, to be able to exhort each other. That's what the Bible is saying. Lift each other up. Tell each other how we love each other. Tell each other about our struggles. Tell each other about better times. That's the purpose of not forsaking the assembly, brothers and sisters. Because why? Man is easily diverted from his purpose when he's alone. How do we know that? Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Go to the beginning. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Genesis 2 and 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. Read that again. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. See, now this is before the fall of man, of Adam, right? So it's not spiritually profitable for a man to be alone, or a woman for that matter, brothers and sisters. Satan wants you alone, because he, he want to be the only voice that you hear. So when you hear those brothers out there, well, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I just learn on my own. I don't really, you know, I don't deal with camps or churches. You know right there, that brother can be utilized by Satan. Because why? The Bible tell you, do not forsake the assembly. The Bible tell you that it's not good for man to be alone. And then people, brothers out there, will, you know, they'll wear that as a banner. Yeah, I don't learn from man. I, yeah, I just deal with the Bible on my own. I'm like, okay, brother, you're going against the Bible. Because the Bible say, don't forsake the assembly. That man was not made to be alone. So this is how you exercise corporately, brothers and sisters, by being involved. By, you know, hearing the, the lessons, by, you know, whatever it is. There's a plethora of things that you can do. Even if you're not teaching, there's a lot of things you can do, right? You could be coming up with ch children's books uh, about the Sabbath and about the 12 tribes. And you can have the 12 tribes in there under their right, the way they're supposed to look. You could be doing that, right? There's a lot of things you could be doing. You could be writing poetry for the Most High. So there's a lot of things that you can do in a body, brothers and sisters, outside of just teaching. Don't allow because you're not in the position of a teacher mean, oh, well, I don't do no work until I get a position then. You'll never get the position. You'll be waiting on the second coming of Christ before you get that position. Because you're not doing anything else, brothers and sisters. So we needed to show you this is how you exercise corporately. By being amongst the brethren. Being amongst the truth. Listening. You know, not only listening, but applying. Let's go to Psalms. 122 and 1 to buffer that point. This is spiritual growth, brothers and sisters. These are the things that we must try to uh, practice in order to grow spiritually. Psalms 122 verse 1. A song of, a song of degrees of David. I was glad when they said unto me, 
Let us go into the house of the Lord. Read that part again. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. See, so a righteous man or woman rejoice when the spirit is being nourished. Whether that's you being amongst the body in person or just listening online. A righteous man, a righteous woman rejoice when their spirit is being fed, brothers and sisters. Don't deprive yourself of spiritual nourishment for any reason at all. Because Satan, he, he wants you out there on your own. He wants you out there on your own. Even the people who just follow the videos, you know, you know, they'll listen for a while and then they'll fall off for a month and be doing nothing and just declining spiritually, brothers and sisters. Now, are we saying you have to listen to our videos? No. Wherever you're being fed, wherever you feel like you're learning and you're, you're being spiritually fed, be there. Learn from them, brothers and sisters. If you neglect your nourishment, then you will be ill-equipped to deal with the trials of the truth, brothers and sisters. Each and every one of us, including myself. Including myself. Verse 2. We're going to go to Galatians 5, brother, actually. We're going to read uh, Galatians 5 and we're going to start at 16. Galatians 5, verse 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, so another key to spiritual growth is walking in the spirit, brothers and sisters. These are the, you know, these are the tools that we use in order to grow spiritually, brothers and sisters. Can I have you read that again? Galatians 5 and 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 17. For the flesh lust, lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Right. See, so walking in the spirit is allowing the most high to fill you, to control you, to guide you. This is brought about by consciously choosing by faith and to rely on the most high and the Holy Spirit to guide you in thought and in deed, brothers and sisters. When it says the flesh lusteth after the spirit is just like what we spoke about uh, before. The first time you, you do something that's wrong you feel like, you know, maybe I shouldn't do this. I could get caught. But after you continuously do it, you're not even worried about getting caught no more because you've done it. You already got away with it 10 times. You're not even thinking about that. That's the spirit lusting against the flesh. That's your spirit trying to tell you. And that's your flesh trying to ignore it, brothers and sisters. So usually I spoke to a brother uh, a few months ago and he, he told me about a transgression that he had. And he said his heart felt bad. He felt bad immediately. And I said, brother, that means you're still in the grasp of Christ because when you do something wrong and your heart condemns you that shows you that Christ is there that's what's condemning you but once you start sinning and not feeling anything that's where you're in trouble because now you just sinning and you don't even feel bad at all the, the flesh has completely won you over now brothers and sisters can you read that again verse 17 for the flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. See, you can't do the things that you would because why? You want to do the right thing, but your flesh is telling you to do something else. Verse 18. But if ye be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Right. So we must learn to walk in the spirit, brothers and sisters. Go to verse. Uh, go to the next verse, brother, please. Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are ma are manifest. Now these are the works of the flesh. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, 
idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. See, so whoever's saying in the New Testament you don't have to follow the law, don't know they're not rightfully dividing the word. Because if you're doing these particular transgressions, you're not going to get into the kingdom, brothers and sisters. So spiritual growth is a lifelong process of manifesting the acts of the flesh less and less and producing the fruit of the spirit more and more, brothers and sisters. So when we go through this, when you look at Galatians 5, first it talks about walking in the spirit. Then it gives you, you know, what it looks like to walk in the flesh. Uh, Go to uh, 22, brother, please. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. See, so this is the Spirit. This is walking by the Spirit, brothers and sisters. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. So what does spiritual growth look like? Read that again, brother. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, Faith. See, so if you're becoming more loving, more joyful, more kind, more self-controlled, then you can rest assured that the spiritual growth is genuinely occurring in your life. If you see these things increasing in your life, you're growing spiritually. Continue, brother. Verse 23. Meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. So, brothers and sisters, the Most High works in different people in different ways. Some people grow rapidly. While others grow slowly but steadily. And there's nothing wrong with that, brothers and sisters. But our focus should not be on comparing ourselves to others. But comparing ourselves with the word. With the Bible. Don't compare. Look where somebody else is. And then say, well, you know, I should be there. We've been in the truth the same. No. Your path is how the most high wants your path. Some going to. Some going to. Walk faster. Some gonna walk slower. As long as you get to the destination, that's all that matters, brothers and sisters. So walking in the spirit, which are the things we just read. Read uh, twenty-two one more time, brother. Galatians five and twenty-two. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such, there is no law. See, so if you see these things start to grow exponentially in your life, there's spiritual growth there, brothers and sisters. There's spiritual growth. Now, if you're still dealing with the works of the flesh, then you're not growing. You're actually doing the opposite, brothers and sisters. You're actually going backwards. You're declining, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Matthew 26 and 41, because Christ, he spoke about this. Matthew 26, verse 41. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Read that again. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. See, so the spirit is willing. The spirit want to do the right thing. You want to do the right thing. Who don't want to do the right thing? But the flesh is weak. Right? This is what Christ is talking about. This is what the, the, the prior scripture touched on, brothers and sisters. Walking in the spirit versus walking in the flesh. 
So people who are progressing in their faith are prioritizing God's desires over self-will. If you can't do that, then you're not growing right now. If you can't say, you know what, this is what I want to do, but this is what he told me to do, and I'm going to go with that, then you still, you're not growing. You, you're still, you know, you're still being stagnated. That, that's it. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 41. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Right. So when I spoke to the brother weeks ago, I mean, he was telling me he was going to college and all that. So, you know, to me, by him saying, well, yeah, I want to fornicate. I'm going to college, so I don't want to be baptized. To me, in my mind, I'm like, so that means you know there's something in the Bible against what you're doing. You know what you're doing is wrong. And your flesh is just telling you, nah, you only going to be young once. YOLO. YOLO. You need to use it or lose it. This is what's going on, brothers and sisters. It's the flesh going against, right? Your spirit. Your spirit want to do what's right. Your spirit don't want to be fornicating. Your spirit don't want to be looking at girls behind when they walk past. But your flesh is like, you got to look. You look, please. That's your flesh, brothers and sisters. Your spirit must be stronger than your flesh. That's why you must train. That's why you must exercise spiritually, brothers and sisters. Go to 1 Peter, brother, 2 and 11. First Peter 2, verse 11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. See, they war against the soul, brothers and sisters. There's a war for your soul, brothers and sisters, the flesh and the spirit. You know what's wrong. You have somebody who may have been addicted to drugs, right? And they've been clean two years, three years. And then they flesh start saying, nah, man, you good. You, just, you could just get high one time. You've been clean for two, three years. Just, hey, man, just take a little, you know, just snort a little, you know, right? This is what's going on, brothers and sisters. There is a, there is a spiritual battle going on in the invisible. And abstaining from sin builds your spiritual maturity, brothers and sisters. There's a war in the invisible realm for your soul, brothers and sisters. That's what scriptures tell us. That's what scriptures tell us. Read that one more time, please, brother. Verse 11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. See, the fleshly lust. Is warring against your soul because why? If you fulfill those fleshly lusts, you're gonna lose your soul, brothers and sisters. And it's not worth it. It's not worth it to sin for a season but pay for eternity. It's not worth it, brothers and sisters. That's a trick from Satan. Go to Romans eight and eight, brother, please. This is how we grow spiritually, brothers and sisters. Romans eight, verse eight. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Read that again. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. See? So there's no way to mature spiritually if you can't put your flesh into subjection, brothers and sisters. That's all of us, including me, including Christ, including Moses, all everybody, brothers and sisters. You got to deal with this. And the women, too. Don't think it's just brothers out there because the sisters out there, with they, you know, doing a bunch of nastiness out there. And they need to get their flesh in subjection too. 
So don't think this is just, you know, us coming down on the brothers because, you know, brothers, sometimes they say that, like, man, you always come down on us. You don't never say nothing about the sisters. Listen, some of our sisters out there are some of the most nasty, vile people that you could ever want to know, brothers and sisters. So we all must put away the flesh, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, Brother Corey? Romans 8, verse 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Right. So that's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. If you just need to fulfill your flesh, you can't control yourself. I told a brother this, you know, we spoke about it uh, a while back. And we were talking about um, brothers who really can't keep it in their pants. You know, they got a woman, but they just, every time I talk to a specific brother, he, he always got a story. It's like every day. And I'm just like, whoa, brother, whoa. That's not cool to me, brother. <laughs> I don't know if you're telling me this because you think I, I think you're cool or I don't know what this is, brother. But if a man can't control himself, he's not a man. He's a boy. You're a boy. You can't control yourself, brother. You're not a man. So that we must implement that, brothers and sisters. We must learn self-control. And if you live in Babylon or a.k.a. America, all the sin that you want, you can do here. Everything you want, anything you want, you can do here. So if you can get your flesh in subjection while you're here, you can take on the rest of the world, brothers and sisters. You can take on the rest of the world. Scriptures back that up. We're going to Ecclesiasticus chapter 2 verse 1 in the Apographer. Spiritual training, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiasticus 2 verse 1. My son, if thou come to serve the Lord... Prepare thy soul for temptation. See, and this is why a lot of people don't want to come to the truth. Because why? If you choose to serve the Most High, understand temptation is going to come. Understand that. Because Satan now is aware that you're trying to wake yourself up out of the matrix. So now he's going to give you opportunities. He's going to start sending girls your way or sending dudes your way and sending money, you know, opportunities for you to do stuff the wrong way. And see, a lot of people are not willing to fight the flesh. Just like the brother told me, man. I'm going to college. I need to be able to fornicate, brother, and live my life. I'm only young once. See? So he knows that if he put it down, he's going to be tempted. You can only be tempted by something you really are interested in, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 1. My son, if thou come to serve the Lord, prepare thy soul for temptation. See? So this is, you know, this is one of the main scriptures we go to before brothers get baptized and sisters get baptized. Because understand that just because you're getting baptized doesn't mean you're not going to struggle with being tempted. In fact, it means the opposite. Now the temptation come a lot harder now because you're trying to change. And Satan can't allow that, you know, without some level of pushback, brothers and sisters. So if you're going to strap up your boots, you better be ready to go to war for Christ. In his army, with your brethren, with your sisters. If you can't, if you're not willing to be, you know, to be able to subject your flesh, then you can't serve the Lord. You can't. That's for all of us, including myself, brothers and sisters. That's for all of us. All right. Brother Corey, can you go to James chapter 1, verse 23 through 25? James is in the back, brothers and sisters. New Testament. James 1 and 23. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, 
He is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Right. So, brothers and sisters, practicing the word of God helps your spiritual growth. It helps your maturation. Can you read that one more time? Verse 23. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way. And straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. So what is this saying? The scriptures are the mirror to show us what we are like spiritually, brothers and sisters. And to shine a light on those areas that need, uh, you know, that need to experience and learn spiritual growth. So, for example, when you look in the mirror, and what do you see? You see, oh, I need to brush my hair. Oh, I got some toothpaste on my lip. Oh, my edges ain't laid. Right? <laughs> so now you know what to attend to. The same way. So somebody who reads the Bible but don't follow it, you see what needs to be done. But every time you close the book, you, you act like you forget. Read, read that one more time from the top, brother, please. James 1 and 23. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty... And continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. See, so this is part of our spiritual growth, brothers and sisters. The education of our spirits come by practicing the word, brothers and sisters. Can you reap the results and have peace without being a doer of the word? No, we, we can't. Be a doer of the word and we will grow spiritually, brothers and sisters. Because there's a lot of brothers out there who got some knowledge. They know the Bible, yet they're not following. Just like the Pharisees. The Pharisees knew the law, brothers and sisters, but they weren't following the law. So it's not always the case that people don't know is why they're not following. Some people just, they're not going to do it. <laughs> they're not, you know, they're not strong enough spiritually like you all to say, you know what, I'm going to go against the world. I'm going to go against what's popular. I'm going to go against my friends and my family and stand on Christ. Everybody's not strong enough to do that, brothers and sisters. You are. That's why you're here. We're going to 1 Samuel 15 and 23 to buffer that point. Right after Ruth, brothers and sisters. Examine this scripture. 1 Samuel 15 verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Read that again. <clears throat> For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Re disobedience is as the sin of witchcraft. Disobedience is witchcraft according to the Bible, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. See? So those who are being disobedient, you, you're a wicker, wicked. You're a witch. You're a sorcerer. You're a wizard. That's what you are. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. See, so if you reject the Most High, understand your life will fall apart. Because you rejected him, so he's going to reject you. Why is it saying that rebellion or disobedience is as the sin of witchcraft? We're going to show you. We're going we're gonna to go deeper uh, in depth. We're going to go to Matthew 6.24 to show you why it says that disobedience is as the sin of witchcraft. We're going back to Christ. 
which is the best place to be, Matthew 6 and 24. And one thing you'll notice is that Christians never go into the gospel, brothers and sisters. They deal with what? Paul, exactly. Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Romans. That's all them right there. They don't open up, they won't go to Christ to save their life, brothers and sisters. Because why? Christ was direct. And you couldn't twist his words like you could twist Paul's. Not that Paul is wrong, because Paul is right. But, uh, you know, unlearned can't understand Paul. You Notice, you go to Christian church, or if you've been to Christian church, they never go to the words in red. They never go to Christ's words, brothers and sisters. They stick all with the epistles. They build their whole doctrine on the epistles when the epistles weren't even around when Christ was walking. There, there was no New Testament. When Christ was walking, brothers and sisters. So Christ's whole doctrine can be taught out of the Old Testament. Everything he taught. When he went into the temple on the Sabbath and asked for the scrolls, it was always the Old Testament. Because there was no such thing as a New Testament until about 200 years after Christ. This didn't even exist, brothers and sisters. Go to uh, Matthew 6 and 24. Read that for me, brother, please. Matthew 6, verse 24. No man can serve two masters. Read that again. No man can serve two masters. See? So this is why he said that disobedience is as the sin of witchcraft. Because if you're not following him, you're following Satan by default. There is no, uh, well, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I know the truth. But I'm going to get right. I'm just doing me right now. No, you're not. You're, you're following Satan according to the Bible. There's only two masters. There is no you're just doing you right now. By default, you're following Satan, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. See? So mammon breaks down the money. So anything that you serve outside of the Most High is Satan, brothers and sisters. Straight off. And this is the scripture that really convicted me 10, you know, over a decade ago. It's because I thought... <laughs> that I was just doing me. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I know about the Bible. I'm just going to do me real quick, get this cash, right? No, you're following Satan. <laughs> there is no, you're just doing you. That doesn't exist. If you're doing you, you're doing Satan. That's what you're doing. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 24. No man can serve two masters. See, and that's why disobedience is as the sin of witchcraft, because you're following the devil. You're following Satan. There is no in-between. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and man. So if this particular scripture don't make it easier for you to follow the Most High, then there is no scripture that's going to make it easier for you to follow the Most High. Because this scripture is telling you there's only two sides. Either you're on the Most High side or you're on Satan's side. Because if you're not with me, you're against me by definition. So if you're not with Christ or with the doctrine of Christ, then you're against him. So you're a Luciferian. If you're not following Christ, you're a Luciferian. That's what the scriptures say. You're a Satanist, straight off. It's plain and simple, brothers and sisters. You're either going to follow him or you're not. Let's buffer that point and go into James 4 and 7. New Testament, brothers and sisters. To buffer that point. James 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. See, further proof. If you, if you don't resist to God, that means you're following the devil. If you don't, if you don't submit yourself to God, excuse me, if, you don't, if you're not submitting to the Most High, then that means you're in agreement with Satan. Period. Read that one more time, brother. 
Verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. See, so if you don't submit to the Most High, then you're not resisting the devil. You're actually in league with the devil. You're in agreement with the devil. You're actually colluding together with the devil. So either we're going to submit, all of us are going to submit to the Most High, or by default, you're following Satan. Because Satan will let you do whatever you want to do as long as you don't follow Christ. As long as you don't follow the Most High, hey, you do whatever you want to do. That's of the devil, brothers and sisters. So when we got our, our friends out there who, who say they're just not ready right now, okay, well, that's on you. But understand, you're serving, you, you're serving somebody, and it's not the most high. You're serving Satan, brother. You're serving Satan, sister. That's what the Bible says. There is no just doing you. There is no, you know, I'm just getting this money real quick. I'm just, no, no. It's, it's, it's clear, either right or left. And if you're not on the right side, then you're on the left, which is Satan, brothers and sisters. Now, another tool that can be used to advance spiritual development is, we're going to show you, 1 Peter 4 and 8. This is another tool to help you advance spiritually. First Peter 4, verse 8. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sin. Read that again, brother. Verse 8. Above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sin. Charity covers a multitude of sins, brothers and sisters. So even if we sway off, this is what keeps us on the path, brothers and sisters. So even when you're not fully in the right, your charity will cover your sins, brothers and sisters. See, so charity is a hallmark. It, you know, charity is, you know, is the hallmark of a true disciple, brothers and sisters. When considering a specific act of charity or a charitable organization in which to become involved, we must exercise wisdom and discernment, though. Because why? A lot of people just think charity is giving your money. That's not charity. I mean, that is charity, but that's not the only form of charity. Your charity can be your time. It can be your love. It can be you helping in the community. That can be you, you know, giving clothes, giving, donating food. That can be a, a plethora of things, brothers and sisters. Some people just want to throw money at it. Money is not what, money is, is not it, brothers and sisters. Of course, you can do that. But usually you just spend money when you're not willing to do the work. Right. Remember your, your friend or your family would give you money instead of giving you a gift. Why do they do that? Because I didn't want to go out and buy you no gift. <laughs> they didn't spend all that time. Take this hundred dollars. Go ahead. See, so charity, brothers and sisters, help you grow spiritually. Can you read that again, brother? Verse eight. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sin. Right. So when we see our resources, not only as God's provision for us, but tools he desires for us to use to care for others. You know, we begin to understand the vastness of his love and his sovereignty, brothers and sisters. Charity. This is something that you can, you know, implement. And this will help you grow spiritually, brothers and sisters. Let's go to um, Sirach or Ecclesiasticus 20 and 32. We're almost done here, brothers and sisters. Bear with me, please. Ecclesiasticus chapter 20, verse 32. Ecclesiasticus 20, 
verse 32. Necessary patience in seeking the Lord is better than he that leadeth his life without a God. See, so patience, brothers and sisters, patience is help. It helps you grow spiritually, brothers and sisters. If you're not patient, your works will be unfruitful. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 32. Necessary patience in seeking the Lord is better than he that leadeth his life without a God. See, necessary patience in seeking the Lord. Why? Because the Most High don't always give you the answer you want right away. Sometimes when he don't answer, that is the answer, actually. A lot of times, remember you used to ask your parents, right? <laughs> Can I go outside? They don't even answer you. Do that mean go outside? <laughs> no, nah, that means no. That's what that means, right? So be patient, brothers and sisters. Occasionally, newborns who want to know everything and do everything right away, they may not be willing to take the time and study and develop the ability, brothers and sisters. Yet they want to be just, you know, like the mature members and want other members to treat them with the same respect that they treat mature members before they've even taken the time to grow. I spoke to a sister about a month ago. And she was a teenager. And uh, a few months ago, I shared with her that we were the children of Israel. And then she contacted me a few weeks later. And she was asking me about the book of Enoch and the book of Jasher and Jubilees. And I'm like, sister, hold, hold, pump your brakes, sister. You just found out you was a Hebrew yesterday. Now you're trying to go into all these other records. Stick to the Bible first. Get a foundation first, sister. Before you go into all this other knowledge, you must be patient, brothers and sisters. Patience. Because if you're not patient, you could slip into a deeper hole, brothers and sisters. We must practice patience, brothers and sisters. Remember that the people who may seem or may be mature today did not get that way overnight. It took years of study, of practice, and new converts, you know, will not become mature overnight. It will take time, brothers and sisters. Patience. Patience, brothers and sisters. You must Practice patience in order for you to grow spiritually. Let's prove that. Go to Romans 8 and 25, brother. New Testament. Romans 8, verse 25. But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Read that again, brother. But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for see, it. See, so if the things that you're you're hoping for, you don't see it right now, you must be patient to wait on it. Patience is a quality that must emanate from the life of what? A follower of Christ, whether they're an Israelite or not. If you want to follow Christ, then you must, you know, you must perpetuate, you must, you know, you must perfect patience, brothers and sisters. And I tell young brothers a lot of times because... A lot of young brothers, they come into the truth and right away they want to teach. It's like they just found out they, you know, there was Israel six months ago and now they want to go straight into teaching. And I always tell brothers, teaching will not be your first work, brothers and sisters. You must first prove yourself to the Most High so he can elevate you to the position in which you can teach, brothers and sisters. Before I ever thought about teaching, before I ever had a chance, I was doing other things first. I started off passing out flyers. I was a street runner, just on the streets, just passing out flyers to my people in the inner city about, you know, who the 12 tribes were, uh, what is the Sabbath, uh, the the dangers and vaccinations. Then I went from that into doing philanthropy, passing out food and, you know, toiletries and stuff. So I didn't just come right in and say, you know, OK, now I'm a teacher. No, I actually had to work for this. 
And your first work is not going to be teaching, brothers and sisters. And I know we are excited to teach, and, and, and that's fine. You should want to teach. That's your responsibility to teach. But what does that have to do with the work that you do before you start teaching? Well, I'm not going to do any work until I get a teaching position. You, you will be waiting to the second coming of Christ. Because you haven't proven yourself. If you really cared for your people, then you would help them without teaching. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're never going to get that position, brothers and sisters. So I always tell brothers, you must prove yourself to the Most High first. Prove your love. Prove your obedience. Prove the intent of your heart. Because why? A lot of brothers are not in that position yet. Even if they have the knowledge, it's because the intent of their heart is not right. The intent of your heart has to be right, brothers and sisters. You've got to want to serve your people. The great teachers, they're there because they want to help serve their people. A lot of brothers, especially young brothers, they want to teach so they can be in authority. <laughs> it's not to help their people because if they wanted to help their people, they would have been passing out flyers. <laughs> they would have been giving out food. They would have been, <laughs> See? So the intent of the heart is really so they can tell people what to do. And that's not, the Most High is not going to elevate you into a position so you can tell people what to do. That's not your position. A great teacher is not there so they can uh, tell people what to do. It's just like, remember when we was young? I can't wait till I turn 18. I do what I want to do. Stay out all night, go to the club, smoke cigarettes, right? Then you come into the truth, you're newborn, and now you're saying it again. Man, I can't wait till I teach so I can teach what I want to teach and teach this and teach that and teach this. But what you don't understand is when you do grow up, what comes? Responsibility, right? Now you got bills, right? Now you got relationships, right? Now you got to get insurance. Now you got to get a license, right? So there's responsibilities that come with going to that position. So a lot of brothers see the position of teaching and just think it's teaching. That's not it, brothers and sisters. There's so much other responsibility. Number one, you have to be focused. You must be a student. You must learn every day. You must be there for people when they need guidance, when they need counsel, when they need money, when they need a place to stay. It's not just teaching. And a lot of young brothers don't understand what the responsibility is to be a teacher. They just want to go straight into teaching because they see that people have respect for that. And it's, it's just not the way it's done, brothers and sisters. You must have respect for the platform. You must have respect for the work and work your way up to it. That's the only way it's going to work. You must respect the Most High. That's the only way, brothers and sisters, for each and every one of us. Because the only way you'll get a position if you don't do that is a position that you get yourself. And that's not what you want. You want a position that the Most High give you. So it can't be taken away from you, brothers and sisters. So, you know, read it again, brother, please. <clears throat> Verse 25. But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Right. So, brothers and sisters, you know, I beseech you, brethren. Please be patient. Wait on your ministry. A lot of young bucks don't understand the power and the seriousness of the work and the humility that's required to do the work. So you have to learn these things first. It's not about knowing precepts, brothers and sisters. It's much more than just knowing precepts. There's a lot of people out there who know precepts who would make a terrible teacher. Because why? They're arrogant. They're smug. There's no humility. There's no patience. We're talking about patience. A lot of times you have older brothers or sisters who have the knowledge and young people come in the truth and they're like, well, why don't you get this? Why don't you understand this? It's, it's simple. You have to be patient with brothers and sisters. They don't know. They weren't taught. Patience, brothers and sisters. You must practice patience. 
Now, before you become a leader, you must know the purpose of being a leader. See, you must know that first. Because a lot of people, the intent of their heart is really, I just want people to respect me as the authority. And, you know, the most high see the intent of your heart. Is your intent to tell, you know, when you're talking with your friends or your family, are you just talking to them so you can prove that they're wrong? Or are you talking to them because you want them to be right? So it's all about the intent, brothers and sisters. What's your intent? Are you just calling up your family members so you can prove that you know something more than them? Or are you really trying to help them get into the kingdom? The intent of your heart, only the Most High can know it. Your brothers and sisters, they don't know the intent of your heart, but Christ know the intent. The Most High know the intent. So the intent must be correct first, or if it's not, people are going to reject it. So when you're out trying to bring knowledge to people, if they feel the intent of your heart is to just prove that they're wrong, they're not going to receive anything you got to say. I don't care if you're right or not, because your intent is not right. You just want to show me how deep you are and how you're smarter than me. People, are, people can see that, brothers and sisters. It's all in the way you carry yourself. It's how you talk to them. It's how, you know, the questions that you ask them. The intent of your heart will be known, brothers and sisters. So what did we say? We said, before you become a leader, you must know the purpose of being a leader. Let's show you what the purpose of being a leader is. Go to Matthew 23 and 11, brother. Because being a leader or a teacher is not for you to show how much you know. Or, or you know, to be over people or to have people kissing your feet. In fact, it's the opposite. This is what a leader must know before he leads. Matthew 23 and 11. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. See? And that's why a lot of brothers haven't been given a position. Because they are not looking at it as a servant. You're there to serve people. To help them get into the kingdom. Not to show you deep. <laughs> that's not why you're there. And you'll see a lot of brothers. I know there's a couple churches out there. Uh, where when, when, when they walk in the room. You got to stand up at attention. It's like every time these people, you know, quote unquote elders walk in the room, then all the young brothers got to stand up into attention like 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 there's some God or something. And it's like that's a trick, brothers and sisters, because then you start believing that you're over your brethren and you're not over your brother. Y'all on the same level. You just have more knowledge right now, but you're not over them. You're in the fight together. Read it again, brother, please. Verse 11. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. See, so you must humble yourself. You must learn. You must be patient. And once you have the humility and the patience down the most high, will he will elevate you uh, to the position that he wants you to be in, brothers and sisters. But you must humble yourself. It says, he who humbleth himself shall be exalted. A lot of the people, the young brothers, especially the young brothers that's out there, you know, don't know a lick of nothing, really, other than the fact that they Israel and they think that they should be teaching. And the Most High care about his children. So why would he allow somebody who's ill-equipped to teach to teach his flock? It's not going to happen. It's not about the teacher. It's not about that seat. It's actually about who's being taught. That's who is important, brothers and sisters. A good shepherd knows that the sheep are worth more than him. Why? Because a sheep give you what? Sheep give you clothing, right, in the winter. Back then, there was no lawnmower, so they graze the field, right? And they give you food if it's needed. So a good shepherd understands that the sheep are, worth, are, are more important than he is. And a lot of brothers don't understand that, and that's why they're not in a position. Because it's more about them than it is about 
the sheep, brothers and sisters. So we must be patient. Read verse 11 again, brother. Please. Matthew 23, verse 11. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. See, so a, a leader or a teacher is there to serve the people and to help them accomplish their purpose in life. So you must have the intent, you know, the intent of your heart must be correct or you're going to be waiting a long time, brothers and sisters. So, you know, what I try to do and what we all should try to do is to become a servant at every opportunity. That's part of your spiritual maturity. Any chance there is for you to serve, you do it. Because that's what a good leader is. People must trust you that you're there for them and that you love them. And that if you do have to correct them, you're doing it because you love them. So you must have you must prove that you love them first. Why would somebody want to listen to you and they don't know if you love them because you never showed love to them? These are the things that must be learned before you go into that position, brothers and sisters. You can teach people how, you know, by how you treat them. That, you know, even if you're not in a position to go through scriptures and stuff, just by how you're treating them, will get them, brothers and sisters. People will allow you to teach them if they like you. See, these are the things that must be learned, brothers and sisters. You can't just come off the street, you know, and think somebody's going to sit down and listen to you. Nah, they don't even know you. So you must prove yourself to them first. You must prove yourself to the sheep so they can say, okay. I'll allow you to teach me because, see, I can only teach the people who allow me to teach. See, because they're in control. The sheep are in control. If they don't want to learn from you, they're not going to learn. And these are the qualities and the traits that we must learn before we're elevated, brothers and sisters. The intent of the heart is what stunts the growth. Are you showing people things because you want them to know they're wrong or because you want them to be right, brothers and sisters? We're there to show purpose and direction. That's what a teacher or a leader is there for, brothers and sisters. So be patient. Be patient. And when the time comes, you will be elevated. And the Most High will just bring people to you. He'll send people to you. He'll just start sending people to you because he know why. You're disciplined. You're humble. And you got the truth. You won't even have to go look. He'll just send people to you, brothers and sisters. So be patient. Be patient. That's part of your spiritual growth, brothers and sisters. Let's go to James chapter 1, verse 2. James 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations. Read that again, brother. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your, your faith worketh patience. See, we're still on patience, brothers and sisters. How can one possibly be joyful in difficulties? <clears throat> huh? It's because why? The Most High is testing our faith and using a trial to bring us into maturity. Right? That's what it's for. Read it, read it one more time, brother, please. Verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. See? So we can rejoice not at the painful experience of the trial, but at the opportunity for growth. That's how you're joyful within uh, the temptation, brothers and sisters. As your status decreases, it becomes harder to keep the law, Right? So a lot of times when you're brought low, it becomes harder to, to, to keep the law because you're brought low. So now you're thinking about robbing. Now you're thinking about stealing. Now you're thinking about selling drugs. See? So you must be patient, brothers and sisters. Patience. Because you will be brought low. But you must be patient. Just because you're brought low don't mean break the law. It becomes easier to break the law when you're low, brothers and sisters. So we must be patient. Trials can make us better or they can make us bitter. Brothers and sisters, 
One or the other. Let's go to Ezekiel 3 and 1. We got about five more passages we're going to close out. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. Ezekiel 3, verse 1. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest. Eat this, ro eat this rule and go. Right, eat this roll. What roll is this talking about? It's talking about a scroll, brothers and sisters. This is the scriptures, the word. He's telling Ezekiel to eat this word. We told you that the word was bread. It was food. In this particular vision, it was actual food. Can you read it again, brother, please? Verse 1. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest. Eat this roll and go. Speak unto the house of Israel. See, so eat the word and then go to Israel. So first, you must eat the roll. You must learn. And then you go to your people. You go to our people. First, you have to do your part, which is to learn. Don't try to go before you learn. Learn first, then go. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 1. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest. Eat this roll and go. Speak unto the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth. And he caused me to eat the roll. Right. So the Most High came to Ezekiel in his vision. And Ezekiel ate God's message, brothers and sisters. He digested the word of God. And he found it to be what? We're going to find out. Verse 3. And he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then did I eat it. And it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. See, so Ezekiel received the truth. And it was like sweetness to him. It was like honey. So when you first get it, it's, it's sweet, right? When you find out you're Israel, that's sweet, isn't it? When you find out Christ is a man of color like you, that's sweet, right? See? When you find out about the Sabbath and the pagan holiday, that's sweet to you. But what happens after that? Verse 4. And he said unto me, Son of man, go, get thee into the house of Israel and speak with my words unto them. For thou art not sent to a people of a strange speech. And of in hard language, but to the house of Israel. See, so he he said, listen, you're sent not to a people of a strange speech, not to Gentiles, but to Israel, brothers and sisters. Verse six, not to not to many people of a strange speech and of a hard language whose words thou canst understand. Surely had I sent thee to them. They would have hearkened unto thee. See, so he's saying if I would have sent if I would have, you know, told the Asians that they were the God's chosen people, they would follow these laws. If I went to the Africans and told them they was God's chosen people, they would have no problem following these laws. If I went to any other people, they would follow these laws. But Israel, <laughs> they don't even want the truth, brothers and sisters. They don't even want the truth. Our people don't even want the truth, brothers and sisters. So what was going on here is when you first eat it, brothers and sisters, when you first get it, it's sweet as honey. But it becomes bitter as it gets down to the belly, brothers and sisters. One second. Let's. Read verse. Read verse 14, brother. Ezekiel 3, verse 14. So the spirit lifted me up and took me away. And I went in bitterness and the heat of my spirit. But the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. See, so once it's digested, sometimes it becomes bitter. Because once you've had time to digest it, because why? When you first find out you're Israel, there's a certain energy that, you know, comes over you, a certain adrenaline rush. But once it's digested and you sit with it and now you see all the changes that need to be made, sometimes it becomes bitter. Now, and now it becomes bitter, brothers and sisters. 
So this is what Ezekiel was talking about. You must understand that, you know, that jolt of energy that you received in the beginning of finding out the truth will go away. It'll subside. It'll become old to some degree. And then you'll have to work off something other than adrenaline. You'll have to work off love and faithfulness to the most high brothers and sisters because it becomes bitter. It becomes bitter, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to, let's go to uh, Ezekiel 3 and 16. Let's just jump down. Ezekiel 3, verse 16. And it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. We are all watchmen, brothers and sisters. A watchman's job was to stand, uh, you know, was to stand on the city wall and to warn people of approaching danger. We are all watchers, brothers and sisters, watchmen. Verse verse 17. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die. And thou givest him not warning, nor speaketh to, to warn the wicked from the, his wicked ways to save his life. The same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Right, so if we don't warn unbelievers and backsliders of the consequences and the penalties of rejecting the Most High, we will be accountable, brothers and sisters. Verse 19. Yet if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wicked wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Again, when a righteous man doth turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die, because thou hast not given him warning. He shall die in his sin, and his righteousness which he hath done shall not be remembered. But his blood will I require at thine hand. Right. So if we don't share God's word and his truth, we will be held accountable, brothers and sisters. Christ commissioned us to go preach the gospel to every creature, brothers and sisters. Each and every one of us. That's your responsibility. Verse 21. Nevertheless, if thou warn the righteous man that the righteous sin not, and he doth not sin, he shall surely live, because he is warned. Also, thou hast delivered thy soul. Right. So, brothers and sisters, there's a famine going on in the land. People are starving for the most high. And some of them don't even know it, brothers and sisters. They're dying in their trespass, in their transgression from spiritual, uh, excuse me, from spiritual starvation and deprivation. So a lot of our people are starving spiritually and they don't even know it. They're dying with no hope, no chance, no expectation and no answers. And we can help save them, brothers and sisters, by sharing the word that was freely uh, given to us. So according to your advancement in your spiritual development, the Most High will send you people. But you must mature first. Once you mature, then he'll send you people. But he's not going to send people to you until you mature. Because the people that he's sending to you are, are worth more than gold to him. So he's not going to send gold to you and you don't know what to do with gold. So you've got to understand the severity of your responsibility first. And once he can trust you with what he deems as precious, his people, his flock, his children, he'll send them to you. And not a second before then. There was a time where if he would have sent me somebody, I would have taught all types of false doctrine, brothers and sisters. Because I didn't know the doctrine of Christ. And I was just teaching whatever I wanted to teach out of the Bible. You can't do that, though. You can only teach the doctrine of Christ. If Christ didn't teach it, you don't teach it, brothers and sisters. That's why we don't teach about the, the shape of the earth. 
That's why we don't teach that you can't eat meat or that you should eat meat because Christ didn't teach none of that. So the only people that's teaching that are people who think they know better than Christ. I asked a brother that before. I'm like, brother, why, you know, if the earth is flat, then why did Christ, was Christ teaching this? He was like, well, no, because everybody knew that the earth was flat at that time. I'm like, okay. So you know better than Christ now. You know why Christ wasn't teaching stuff now. And see, that's the arrogance. See, why don't the teachers at these public schools teach who the children of Israel is? It's because it's not approved by the authority. See, so the teachers have respect for the authority and the platform that they're given. So if you want to be a teacher, you must have that same respect for the authority and the approved message. You can't teach something that's not approved by Christ. And if you're not willing to, you know, be disciplined in that, you're not going to teach. <laughs> not by the hand of the Most High. So you must be disciplined and teach the approved message. That's it, brothers and sisters. We must all do that. We got two more scriptures and we're going to close it out. We're going to 1 Corinthians 3 and 8. We're going to read 8 through 15. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 8. Now he that planted, planted, and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. See? So each, listen, if you work, if you labor in the vineyard, you will receive the reward, brothers and sisters. Verse 9. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth there, thereupon. See, so there's one work. Christ give the doctrine, but we all build to this. This isn't my doctrine. This isn't my work. This is Christ's work. I'm just doing a part to add to it, just like each and every one of you. This is Christ's work that began with what? The first fruits of the disciples. You're just adding to it. That's it. Verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. Right. So, brothers and sisters, each one of us have two piles, uh, uh, you know, two piles or types of work. One pile is precious metals and stones. The other pile represents, you know, um, things that can be burnable. Read, read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse 12. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones. See, so, so those things, the, it said uh, gold, silver, precious stones. Those are precious metals, brothers and sisters. Those are things that represent the good works that we do that God will reward. But what do you have after that? Wood, hay, stubble. See, the other pile is a pile of materials that is burnable. It represents the things that we do that are not rewardable. Not necessarily bad things, but things that God does not reward us for, brothers and sisters. So the question is, you know, we have to ask ourselves, you know, as we live our life, what pile are we building on, brothers and sisters? Are we building on the pile uh, of God's reward or are we b building on the pile of burnable, uh, you know, burnable things? Can you re read that one more time, brother? Verse 12. Now, if any man build upon his foundation gold, silver, Precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. See, so each man have to have his own works. You can't build your works off somebody else. 
Verse 14. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. See? If any man's work shall be burnt, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved. Yet so as by fire. See? So, brothers and sisters, we must deal with the pile of the precious metals and stones, the good works that will be rewarded. You spend the bulk of your time, the majority of your time and effort in things that will be rewarded by the Most High, not things that don't matter. Brothers and sisters, what power are you working on? Brothers and sisters, we got one more scripture. We're going to close out. We're going to uh, Romans chapter 1. We're going to read 14 through 16. Romans 1 and 14. I am, I am debtor both to Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as enemy is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. <clears throat> for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Right, so to the Israelites first and then to the Greek, brothers and sisters. So we go to our people first, and then we go to Gentiles, brothers and sisters. Now, what this is talking about, it says, I'm a debtor both to Greeks and to the barbarians. So family, friends, fellow workmates are all people that God have brought into our lives, and many of them need exposure to the gospel, brothers and sisters. This is what this is talking about. Think of, you know, the person who shared the gospel with you. Aren't you glad they did? So the most I have put up, you know, a myriad of people in your life that probably need the gospel, brothers and sisters. And, you know, you sh should be responsible in sharing some of the information. You may not be able to break out into a full lesson, but you can share some things. I remember when I first began, the way I taught was not directly. So I would say, well, yeah, I don't eat pork and this is why I don't eat it. I didn't go to them and say, well, you shouldn't eat pork. I said, no, nah, well, I don't eat it, brother, because I found out that the Most High said I'll die if I eat it. <laughs> That's how you do it. Don't come directly at, well, yeah, I don't celebrate Christmas. You know, I found out that it was a pagan holiday and the Most High didn't really, he didn't really like me doing that. So you must become skilled in your fishing, brothers and sisters. You can't always come directly to them because if people, if people think directly you're trying to teach them, they're going to reject it. <laughs> So you almost have to trick them into learning, brothers and sisters. You try to come as if you're trying to teach them something, they're going to reject it. Same school. So you got to be crafty, brothers and sisters, in how you do this. As disciples of Christ, our purpose in life is to help build, a, you know, help people build a relationship with the Most High, with Christ. And sometimes, you know, your teaching is nonverbal. A lot of it is your body language, brothers and sisters. It's how you act. It's how you walk. It's how you think. It's how the tone of your voice. It's all of that. Because when you're trying to guide somebody or somebody's looking to you for guidance, for them to get into heaven, they're paying attention to all of that. Because this is serious business. This is somebody trying to get into the kingdom. So they're going to pay attention to all of that stuff. And you got to be cognizant of that. You got to be cognizant of the importance, the seriousness of the work, brothers and sisters. Or if you're not, you'll do more damage than you'll do good. You'll do more damage than good, brothers and sisters. So, you know, today we went through, you know, uh, we went through edification on spiritual growth or spiritual development, brothers and sisters. We found out that scripture offers valuable insight into how a follower of Christ can grow spiritually. So we want to say, Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.